I'm feeling like it's the right amount of me having my feet under me and the right amount of unknown. Hello, welcome to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. This is our mom and daughter podcast. I'm Ingrid, I'm the daughter, I live in New York. And I'm Vicky, the mom, I live in Los Angeles. We're figuring out life from opposite coasts. Doing our best to cultivate a raw and transparent relationship that is also generous and safe. So mom, let's talk. Hello, Ingrid. Hi, Mom. Let's talk about me. (laughs) It's time for a life update for Ingrid because you are celebrating your quarter century, 25th birthday. Anniversary of my life. That's right. 25th anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's my birthday. My 25th birthday. A round number always makes it feel like a bigger bigger deal. Yes. So I just would love for you, this has been some year, just like Charlotte's Web, this is some yeah. pig. Some pig. <laughs> this has been some year, and I just would love to hear some of your highs and lows over the past year. Yeah, you're right. It has been some year. <laughs> also because last year this time... We were in the middle of a pandemic. So it is sort of hard for me to like split the year right into 12 months, like back to August, because March through December of 2020 feels like one blob. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, for sure. I don't even remember what was happening on your birthday last year. Can you remember? Yes, my, my roommates and I went to the park. And you know what I actually have is a, because you gave it to me, one of my favorite gifts. A couple Christmases ago, you gave me a one line every day journal. You know what? Let me just oh. go get it. I can read to you what I wrote. What you did this, this time, time last, last year. year. Excellent. Actually, I've only had this for a year. So let's go to August. Last time this year. Oh, I remember this. August was like past the most frightening portion of like initial pandemic. Yeah, we were getting used to a I new had normal. Actually, like pretty recently come back from California because there was like a blip in cases and then cases rose again in the fall. But in August, I was able to see my aunt and uncle in New Jersey. So the day before my birthday, I said, today Fran and I went to the beach and to the Mitch. It was beautiful and relaxing. I felt celebrated. And then on my birthday, I worked and everyone like sang me happy birthday at work. And that was honestly really joyful, too. Mm. So that's what I did last year. Fran is my roommate in New York. All that said, to answer your question about highlights from this past year, I would say that I actually I have a couple, at least one like big like personal growth highlight or like something I'm proud of and some some big relational highlights. I didn't it's not that I met Fran, but I really became good friends with my roommate Fran over the pandemic. We didn't know each other really. When I moved back in to my New York apartment when the acting contract closed early because of the pandemic and Mm -hmm. we were like cooped up for almost a year together and turns out that we work just really wonderfully together and have a sort of good rapport of laughing a lot and having similar interests and also being able to kind of speak truth to each other and keep a high standard for ourselves to each other. Mm. I consider her like my best New York friend now. I have like my best New York friend and my best best California friend. And like those are the two friends that I need. <laughs> <laughs> so I am super, super thankful for that relationship being built through especially the first half of, of my 25th year. 
Mm-hmm. And then I, I can also kind of split my 25th year between New York and Virginia because in April, I got to go back to my acting contract that got canceled the first time. And this has been a huge amount of personal growth for me here. When I left New York for Virginia, I still felt like pretty homebound in New York. And I came to do this contract and I didn't really have plans after that. I mean, it was a really big deal to to leave Trader Joe's to quit my Trader Joe's job and therefore like kind of quit the thing that has been stable in my life for three years and and earned me income and all that kind of stuff. And so it's felt like a lot of growing up time to be here with other creatives and performers that are consistently going out for the next gig and making connections and trying to go from contract to contract, you know, live a little bit more gypsy like Mm -hmm. is just something that like I really feel like my feet are under me a lot more as an adult and as someone that is is a creative for a living. And that's not something I could say about myself even a year ago. Definitely not when I moved to New York. Mm-hmm. And the, this will be a lot to unpack now because it's just a long list. But the, the third big thing that I'm most thankful for this year is that I have a, a boyfriend that I really like now. And that's like the other relationship <laughs> in my life that has brought me a lot of light and wonder and, and joy. So Fran and Max are the two things I'm most thankful for this year and and my sort of like personal growth in in my uh, ability to be a creative businesswoman. That is a big 25th year. Quite a big 25th year. Yeah. And you've seen it across the country, mostly. Yeah. But I felt like even through this, we have been able to be very connected. So it's exciting. Do you want to share a little bit about how you developed that relationship with Max? Sure. Because it's kind of an interesting pandemic story. It is. It is a very interesting pandemic story. Yes. I mean, it's kind of a fun story in general. Max and I went to elementary school together and we've talked a lot on this podcast about Beauty and the Beast because it was like the opening of my world into musical theater when I was 10. It's also the year that I met Max (laughs) and our families became pretty close, like family friends through elementary and middle school. We ended up doing a lot together. His sister would babysit us and Max and I had a big crush on each other through middle school. But Mm -hmm. we pretty much lost touch for all of high school and definitely for college. And so it was a couple of years ago now that Max just like Instagram messaged me and was like, hey, I'm trying to connect with as many people in in New York as I can because he was done with his master's program and he was sort of starting a new life on the East Coast. He lives in Washington, D.C. now. And that was a really awesome reconnection. We just like had lunch and was like, wow, how have you been after almost a decade? So then we just talked sort of casually throughout that year. And then around March, of course, the pandemic hit and our like sort of texting threads became a little bit more frequent, although not not too much. And I think it was mid July, August. It was sort of like actually a year ago that I suggested watching a movie, which was the first like event that we did together. And I was very nervous about it. And I was like, I think it'd be fun to like watch a movie together, have like a little more of an event than just like texting back and forth every once in a while. But I didn't want to make it too pressure filled. And so I was like, I don't want to do an actual like video chat. That feels like too much. Let's just watch a movie at the same time and text back and forth. I was like building it up. But what it turned into was quarantine movie Mondays. And so Max and I watched a movie every Monday together almost consistently for like six months at least. And he was with his parents in California before he moved back to Washington, D.C. And those movie Mondays turned into I don't have a movie to watch tonight. I just would love to like share my week. And then it turned into like three hour phone conversations. And we saw each other in person a few times and like distanced get togethers. And so when I got to come to Virginia in March, I said, can I come through D.C. and see you in person? And that has really been the sort of the the, just the sort of 
cool like things falling into place because Williamsburg is just closer than New York is to DC and Max has been really generous honestly with his time and his gas money to drive down here pretty often and visit me and so we were able to get connected in person after like a year of re- rebuilding a relationship over Zoom <laughs> and it's it's felt really comfortable and joyful and right and so we were like let's make it official. <laughs> That's definitely something that could go into the time capsule of something that happened during the pandemic. Oh yes. <laughs> it's quite this, a unique situation. This dating story is very pandemic specific. Well, it's so because I think that your lives would have been so much more full and busy that that open space wouldn't really have happened. So it's kind of interesting how that happens. Yeah, we've talked about it, about what would have happened if I had moved home to California like he did and we'd have been like in quarantine, but in the same city instead of across the world or so many other what ifs. But for all of the terror of the pandemic, it's created some really, you're right, like just unique opportunities I'm really thankful that it has rekindled a relationship with Max. It's it's kind of fun to watch from a distance as you're finishing your 25th year and entering in your 26th and you're doing a contract theater performance right now. It made me kind of think of, well, this is like a milestone. And so let me like flip back through the memory book that I collected little journal entries. Not Not super overwhelming, but it was fun to flip through and think of little mile markers along the way one thing that I noticed especially with regard to your performance yeah 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 you're you're like little glimmers of oh this could go somewhere for Ingrid right so you were you were very withdrawn well I don't say withdrawn is not right but you were reluctant you were reluctant performer at first by yourself if you think back to your first dance class you had this little performance and it was a lady that we met at the park we were sitting in front of the South Pasadena library and this lady came up and gave us a flyer she said my name is Miss Claire and I teach preschool dance classes would you like to come and I so forgot about Miss Claire <laughs> and the big step that you learned was out in a, a bunny, bunny hop. hop. <laughs> And you would not do that by yourself. Oh, I wow. did. It was it great. Gratefully, it was a mother daughter. Like it was a parent child class. Yeah, I was. And what, so like I. Three? Oh well, no, you were four, four and, and a half. half. You were almost five. Yeah, you were almost five. And it it was. I did it with you. And we were so proud, though. I think for the last time, the very last class, you did it by yourself for the first time. And of course, you have this biggest grin on your face. So hilarious. And then the following year you came home year and a half later you're in first grade now and you said my music teacher Mrs. Allen keeps um, asking me to sing this one song by myself Hmm. and in front of the choir and she has me do it every time and I was like oh what song and you were like silent night and I was like oh that's good that you know that song I said you know that's that's a solo (laughs) you didn't even know the name of it keeps having me (laughs) sing it I don't know (laughs) It was amazing. And you were a very sickly little first grader. You had strep throat all the time. You had tubes in your ears, but you 
sang and we got a recording of it and you had such a pretty clear voice, but you couldn't even hardly say your R's yet. Oh, I could not at all say my R's yet. You sound like when you have an accent. Good thing Silent Night doesn't have any R's in it. (laughs) You still, it's beautiful, but so fun. And so that's a little mommy pride moment right there. And then when you auditioned for Beauty and the Beast, a friend of ours was illustrating a book that Mrs. Allen wrote and she met up with me and I was like, oh, Ingrid has gone to lots of callbacks. I just hope that she at least could get the part of Chip. <laughs> if, if she doesn't get, she's been called back for Belle, but I don't know. I don't want to hold my breath and I don't want her to be let down too much. And she smiled at me and she's like, I think it'll be okay. <laughs> She's like, I know. She knew. She didn't tell me, though. And then we were at your fifth grade Christmas party and everybody went, ran downstairs to see the cast list. Uh, Did you run downstairs? I don't think you did. I was like, I can't do that. I'm going to wait for a sec. Yeah. People came back up and told you. They ran back up and told me. And I was there. I was very. I'm glad you were there for that moment. That's a teary mom. Proud, proud mom. You got to see it in part like right away. Yeah. 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 Pretty special. So that was when you were 10, 15 years ago. That's right. Age five, age six and age 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was your entrance. And the rest is history. Entrance into performing arts. How did you find out about choir? Mrs. Allen had an after school choir. Did I tell you about that? Or did she tell you about that? Because as I've reflected on my life, I've like come to realize how very influential choir has been in my upbringing and the way that my value system works. I think in kindergarten, you did a kindergarten mother's tea which was very special and you learned a song or two for that and the teacher that came in and worked with you guys was Mrs. Allen and I was like wow this teacher is amazing and I love these songs and you're doing hand motions how cute is that and then I heard through the grapevine through the parent grapevine Oh, Mrs. Allen has another choir called Tabernacle Children's Chorus because she works for the Salvation Army and that meets after school on Monday nights. And so I was like, oh, that's the right thing for Ingrid. But I don't think you joined it, it until first grade, maybe second grade. Probably. I don't even think you joined it till second grade. I don't know if I knew about it until you were a little older. But yeah, you really liked it. Your sisters did not like it as much, but, you know, three girls will do some things together. So you guys, you did, you did those things together for a while. You know what though? I was reflecting on it recently and I would have done the same thing as a parent. And I've decided I'm going to do the same thing as a parent. I've decided that choir is someday down the road, (laughs) something that I really, really believe in, even for kids that don't like it immediately. I think it's going to be one of the non-negotiables for my young elementary school children. What do you like about it? Well, I think especially obviously with someone as wonderful as Mrs. Allen, as a teacher is that it, first of all, it trains your ear really young. And I come from a musical family and I, I really do think that like learning how to hold a tune mm-hmm. and like sing like serviceably well mm-hmm. will help you for the rest of your life. You'll, it'll always be something that can be in your bag. Mm-hmm. And ear training, like it's teachable. Yes. So start young and learn how to like at least carry a Absolutely. tune. But past that, music does so much for you. I mean, it it's like really good for your mental health, Mm -hmm. the memorization of learning lyrics and learning them in the right order and like the right and and adding them to rhythm is like really good for just the way that a young brain is formed. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot about how important it is to act as a unit. Yes. 
to like even just the optics of like shoulders back and all facing the same direction at the same time for like showing deference to your director and knowing that like you are all collectively here for the good of each other and like everyone has to trust each other and like like one person does let down the rest of the group but that also means that the opposite is true I kind of like feel similar in some ways to like the way ROTC works the good parts of of like the military mindset of like the whole group is bigger than the individual yeah I think it was there's just like a lot underlying there that like it feels like I'm just going to sing some songs and learn some hand motions but in reality there's there's a lot more discipline and collaboration that you're learning yes and it's unlike a sport that takes a long time to have skill before you can like kind of see the results of it you were born with voices (laughs) by age five everybody knows how to talk and you can teach tune you can teach uh, singing but and the group learning that the group uh, matters and it's it's uncharacteristic in the United States it's which but it's a beautiful concept because the rest of the world is a lot more group many other cultures of the world are much more group oriented than we are so individualistic oriented so yeah it's beautiful and it is a, a little bit like the military in that you you follow the leader you get to look to the leader and and it's physical the 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 type of choir you were in because she did a lot of hand motions made it physical and you always stood you spent like almost the whole hour standing. You you sat sometimes, but most of the time you were standing. And it and it was multiple age levels together too. It was five through thirteen, which is a lot for the thirteen year olds to be a really good example, but also like have to work at the pace of the five year olds and for the five year olds to have to rise to the, the level of the thirteen year olds. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big deal. Mrs. Allen also saying early on, about a month into practice, these kids need a performance. And I was like, that's an odd thing to say. But she, but a performance gave you something to work for. So she would orchestrate that pretty early on. That's true. She knew how important goals were and she taught us quickly uh-huh. to, to create some goals for ourselves. Well, that's good. That's kind of a fun memory. Just for what I saw in you in the past year, definitely I saw a lot of resilience and working hard. Uh, When you were in New York, you used to call us at like midnight because you had the late shift where you worked at Trader Joe's and you would come home at midnight, be like 9 p.m. our time. And you had always worked hard and you got to know the whole store and you got to know the ins and outs and different parts and personalities and were invited up in the levels of the store and everything. So that definitely I saw a lot of resilience and hard hard work in you. Not that that was new and uncharacteristic of you. I've always seen that in you. So it's a it's a characteristic that I think that you have continued on. But it was in an unglamorous situation and you wondered about it a little bit. And I was it was impressive to see you do that. I also saw you like try to pivot and um, you had the opportunity to take a voiceover class. And you did that and parlayed that into something good and new, doing some more voiceover work and getting some equipment. And so that has been something I've seen in you in the past year and part partly due to the pandemic because you were stuck at home so you could still use your microphone. So that was an interesting new twist in that area. In your efforts at connecting with people long distance, connecting with us in California, either 
for church, our own little simple church meeting or just connecting in conversation or reaching, reaching out to your friends and creating opportunities to connect over a long distance. So those are definitely attributes that I saw in you in, in the past year. Yeah. Thank you for pointing those out. It's important to have people to notice things when you are just looking at yourself in the mirror every day. You don't notice change so much. I, I do often comment now at, at this this performance job that has its fair share of challenges, as everything does. But <laughs> sometimes I am just like, oh, if you just knew, oh, if you knew how much, how hard I worked at Trader Joe's. He's <laughs> like, such good perspective now. I definitely learned a lot about servant leadership and tenacity and showing up when you don't want to and knowing how to set aside your own baggage or emotions or tiredness from the day without being disingenuine, Mm -hmm. all those kinds of leadership things. And what are you looking forward to in the year to come? You know, I got to say, like, most of what I'm looking forward to, again, is going to be like personal growth and relational because I more than ever don't know what's happening next in my life. I think I've had like a few bouts of of that when I left college. There was definitely a big semblance of I don't know what I want to what I'm going to do next. Mm -hmm. But I had the immediate answer that I'm moving moving to New York. And when I reflect that to people, they are quick to remind me that that isn't much of an answer. Like I didn't have a home or a job moving to New York. That was still like quite the leap to make. But I've chosen for a variety of reasons, even to give up my new New York apartment now for this next couple months, at least. And I've planned out my life through the month of October, Mm -hmm. which is really not that far away. And that is all that I can answer to. (laughs) So what I'm excited for is, I guess, just to see what kind of personal and emotional growth happens through that. I'm, I'm feeling like it's the right amount of me having my feet under me and the right amount of unknown. So uh, I'm expecting to learn a lot about who I am and about the way that I want to continue developing myself as a creative, hmm. as an adult that, you know, in, in new spaces that I that I haven't done before. And I'm really thankful for my huge support system in that. I mean, my roommate Fran, who I said at the beginning is like one of my greatest gifts of this year, mm. has been so supportive in me saying that I'm not moving in with her again. Mm. And my great aunt and uncle have been incredibly generous by saying, yeah, come live with us while you're a nomad. <laughs> my hope is to be able to get contracts or create work for myself in the D.C. area so that I'm near Max and doing what I love. And then I can like, you know, get contracts just like the one I'm in now past that. I just have, I don't know, I have a lot of dreams and that's, there's always like a tenuous space of wanting to keep dreaming and also knowing that you got to put in the work to put them, make them come to fruition. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's, that sounds like a good place to be. And I can, I can say that as a, the, your mom, that I have confidence that you will work to be gainfully employed and <laughs> be a responsible human being. You've demonstrated that. So I have confidence in that. And, and I, I hope that for you. And I hope that people will get an opportunity to hear your lovely voice and see your excellent acting. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Ingrid. I hope so. Have a good week. Thank you. And happy birthday. Thank you very much. Here's to the year 26 of my life. Yay. You and me continuing to podcast. Through That's it. right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, Mama. Thank you for listening to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. If you liked hanging out with us, please rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback and your support. 
You can find more relationship tools on our website, HiMomPodcast.com. If you'd like to suggest a topic or share your own story, you can DM us on Instagram at HiMomPodcast or write us through our website. Special thanks to Sienna Ryder for editing our podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon.